So we left off at 15. We finished um, yeah. verse 15, right? Yeah, yeah. Where we had left off was um, now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent right. and believe in the good news. So he had, this is the launch of his public ministry in right. 15 verses. Like, it's like really fast in chapter one of Mark. Yeah, I remember that's what we were talking about at the end. It's like, okay, now we're going to really kick this off, right? It's like we've yeah. really zipped through this whole history. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nothing about mm -hmm. childhood, any of that stuff. That stuff will come right. from other people later. So Right, right, exactly. Yeah, or, you know, again, you know, it's interesting to kind of think about why that might have been the case. I mean, one of the things I think about is how, is that to his maybe maybe all the, the the facts of his background and and that sort of thing had become well known among the followers who would have been reading this at the time and so you're just trying to capture you know what you feel like they need to know or that right. needs to be clarified you know? or if like we talked about if this was a document being passed around in the yeah. underground the, the fewer words the better here are the words better, right. yeah. Because yeah. you know somebody's rewriting this thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, you you want to just get to the nitty gritty. So. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find the same. I'm not sure I'm at the same uh, website I was at last time. That's fine. So it's still NIV version of some sort. I don't yeah, know. that's great. So that's great. you want to start us off with verse sixteen. Sure, sure. So I'll, I'll read the first uh, little pericope here. Um, as Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending the nets. Immediately he called them and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired man and followed him. Is that the same version you have? No, it's a little different. Oh, okay. It, it doesn't matter. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, is uh, the I've got a few questions, but offhand, I mean, do you have any thoughts about that little section you want to? Well, when I was a kid, I always thought, you know, that's really weird, right? I mean... Mm -hmm. Some guy comes along and yells at you and you just say, okay, I'm going with this guy. And yeah. I think, and it's interesting too, because he, he has these quotes from Jesus, which makes you think he must have actually said these things to some mm -hmm. degree or another, right? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've got the Phillips translation here and it's interesting how, um, you know, he changes it a little bit and, uh, it, it's got him yelling at James and John, like, you know, come follow me or whatever. And they mm -hmm. just, and they just go. But mm -hmm. I think it's interesting as I've gotten older, I think about this and I think, okay, let's think about what really happened. Right. Like it's easy to simplify it this way, but what really happened? Right. Obviously mm -hmm. Jesus came along and, and I don't know if he 
knew to look for these guys or if he was just looking for particular people or or how this all worked but obviously he he ran into these two brothers mm-hmm. and he says to them he gives them like his spiel right like yeah. who he is what's going on all this stuff now there's something about him and there's something about them that makes them want to go follow him mm-hmm. right he has a charisma about him. He has an energy about him. He has something about him that convinces these guys, like, yeah, I'm going to give up my life. Yeah. I'm going to give up my family. I'm going to give up everything I got. And I'm going to follow this guy. Yeah. Right. And, you know, not to go in some weird negative place, but I mean, it, it makes you think about these kids you hear about leaving you know, to go follow ISIS and it makes you think about, you know, the youth following the Hitler movement, like the youth Hitler movement. It makes me think about um, college students today getting on board with these like ultra right wing conservative groups, like ratting Mm -hmm. out their college professors and stuff like that. It's like, it's like when you're young, you're very vulnerable to Mm -hmm. stuff like this. And, um, but it takes somebody with some like real charisma with real words to get you to follow them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not just leaving off and following some dude. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so it makes me really think differently now that I'm older about, well, man, you know, Jesus must've really been like, uh, he must have really had like a personality. He must have had like a real charisma to him that we just don't, we just never have really equated to him. I don't think enough of, you know, we don't, I don't think we give him that kind of yeah credit think, that we probably should. I think, you know, and this is, I think that there's, um, you know, when he is, um, I, I just wonder if there wasn't like sort of a a physical, um, you know, something that we don't even, that we can't even understand today because we don't experience him in the same way that they did in person, in a, you know, living, breathing person type existence. It's even hard to describe that, you know, I find myself like, no, that's not the right way to say that because I do believe in a living Christ, but you know what I'm saying is, it's like we don't experience him in the same way that they did. No, they physically I, I, interacted with him. Right, right, exactly. Not in the same way. And what I do wonder is, is like, there there are those things like the temp, uh, the the curtain tearing. And then one of the other, maybe it's going to be in this one. Um, I don't think so. I think it's in Luke. But in any event, like at the launch of his ministry, people came from throughout the region and started lining up outside a house you know, to be healed. And sometimes I just think this guy was like a, you know, he was like a walking earthquake, you know, like that physical, it's even hard to describe, but I just think there's some really weird details like that, like the air felt different if you were in that midst, you know, right. In the same way, have you ever been in an eclipse? Have you ever, you weren't, I know you weren't here for this, this total eclipse, but yeah, we saw the partial eclipse here. Yeah. The, that that total eclipse last year, whatever that was called, um, here that we experienced, when the, I mean, it was strange, like how quickly things changed and, and dramatically, like the 
everything sounded different. The animals acted differently. Um, the, you know, temperature dropped off so fast. It was shocking how quickly it dropped. Um, stuff like that. And I just wonder about like the physical phenomenon of Jesus, you know, like it could have been different than any other human we've ever been around just physically. The experience yeah, no, I, I know it's just... garment, you know, touching the garment was enough. And some people knew that they knew that if they could just touch it, it would be good, you know? And, uh, well, I think, I think what's interesting is, you know, when we were kids growing up, especially the imagery of, of Jesus was always this sort of, uh, you know, this sort of like soft, uh, weak almost, I would say, figure. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like he wasn't, and I think it's, you know, we forget. I mean, this guy was a carpenter. He was mm -hmm. like, um, you know, these guys are fishermen. Mm -hmm. Right? These guys aren't like academics sitting in a mm -hmm. uh, room somewhere and they're going to follow this other philosophy guy. Like these are physical people, mm -hmm. right? These are, these are young men who are very physical. They're doing physical labor. They've probably been doing physical labor their whole life. Mm -hmm. They're big and strong themselves. And here comes this other guy. They're not going to follow some weak mealy mouth guy, right? They're going to follow mm -hmm. somebody who's like them, who's big and strong and, can talk and yeah you know i mean it's kind of funny to think about like i i guess when i was a kid that vision of jesus always struck me like well he looks so mild and mannered and like i just and of course then the you know the artistry you see of the apostles is kind of the same and as i got older i think well these guys probably were nothing like this at all you know they're they're all coming from working class and they're all like oh, yeah. you I know mean, they're Peter's the one that gets me. I mean, you know, he cuts that dude's ear off. Right. You know, like when they get him. I mean, this is a guy who is ready to rumble. I mean, right. you, know, you and I are not, neither one of us is that guy, you know. No. And, but I mean, you know, just the idea that in that, to the extent that you take it at face value, I mean, can you imagine, like, first of all, you got to have a knife on you. You've got to, you know, right. <laughs> how do you do that? I mean, you know, the strength that would be involved in the, the flash of violence and anger in that moment, cutting the guy, dude's ear off and the fearlessness of, you know, they had this whole, you know. Well, and I think too, that goes back to the denying Jesus, right? Like it fits, it fits with that personality as well, right? Because who's the guy that's going to deny? Oh, I don't know him. It's yeah. the guy who, you know, thinks people should like, you know, he, he wants to protect this image he has of himself. It's being like, like, I wouldn't associate with that guy. Yeah. Right. Like I wouldn't associate with a guy who's getting killed. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't know. Yeah. That. Yeah. That could you be. Know? I mean, it's like, you know, it sort of fits that same personality. I think of somebody who also gets angry in the moment and cuts off some dude's ear. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't know. Yeah. But. I think of, I mean, I do think that like, uh, uh, I think there is a tendency with, okay. So like when, when, uh, when that year in the NBA, when uh, Elijah Wong got drafted and then Bowie and then Jordan, there's a, there's a story that David Halberstam told in one of his books about that 
Bobby Knight, who had been Jordan's Olympic coach, is talking to Stu Inman, who is the GM of the Blazers or whatever, and talking to him before the draft. And Stu Inman's telling him, yeah, we really like Jordan, but we're going to need a, you know, we're, we're probably going to draft Bowie because, you know, it was so thought of as a, in that day that you had to have a center to do well in the NBA. And, uh, and uh, Knight's pushing back and saying, you got to draft Jordan. If you get a chance, you got to draft Jordan. And Inman says, no, you know, we just really have to have a center. Um, cause we got Clyde Drexler last year and, uh, and Knight says, okay, great draft Jordan and play him at center. And that's kind of like how I feel. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about Jesus. I mean, he probably was that like kind of physical being, you know, does physical work, but he had also been the same guy who was like, as a boy, right. you know, was like the brightest guy in the temple. You know, he could, he could challenge intellectually right. challenge, you know, he could do it all. I mean, Jordan, you know. Jesus could post up or, or <laughs> Jesus could shoot three, you know, yeah, and if you set him to the line, he shot 98% from right. the free throw. I mean, he was just like, you know, he, anything you want him to do, he, you know, if he needed he had to game, he had game. Well, the thing and, about uh, him, I think that's really interesting is, and you know, we'll get into all this stuff as we go through Mark, but I think like, you're right. Like he's a guy who's sarcastic yeah, he he yeah. can go toe to toe with the Pharisees, who are the who are yeah. the intellects essentially of of the Jewish community yeah. he's part of. He's um, he's got a compassion to him mm-hmm. that most people don't have, mm-hmm. and he's physical when he wants to be. You know, like he goes into yeah. the temple and literally like physically throws people out. Yeah, you know and. I mean, he's an interesting guy in that sense. You're right. He's kind of like an everything guy. And one, of the, one of the things that I think that really frequently gets denied about him, by my reading, and, you know, it's just my reading. I mean, it's a faithful reading, but I mean, I totally admit I could have it wrong. To me, we see Jesus change in, in the course of it. And, like, he is changed by the times. Like, the, there are moments, like, the... The famous one being the woman who says, but even even the dogs get to eat the crumbs from the table. I mean, I think, too, you know, that's another his willingness to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do something different here and allow himself to be corrected. That's also another character strength, and such a rare character strength of someone who is so smart and so powerful but and I so think, charismatic. Don't you, think that's, uh, don't you think that's understandable, though? If you start out with this idea, okay, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to preach my father's word. I, I'm preaching essentially to the people who have been waiting for this for yeah. for their totally for their whole existence. And then, and then all you get is, like, we got a whole bunch of people who just want you to do stuff for them. You got yeah. a whole bunch of people who essentially hate you and want mm-hmm. you to go away. And then you got a few people who really, really, really believe in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And at some point, like that's got to start to wear you down. It's yeah. got to change yeah. the way you start to look yeah. at everything. Right. I mean, yeah. it, I think that's what leads to, you know, toward the end of his, of his, uh, you know, ahead of the crucifixion saying, you know, I'm not sure this is going to work. Yeah. Right. right? And I, I think right. that's, that makes sense, you know, well, while we're off on this weird tangent about, stuff mm-hmm. all this you know what we were originally talking about like what does this little section make us think about i so one of the things that really made me think about this when i was in college 
was there's this great line in this Kate Bush song where she says, um, have you ever seen a picture of Jesus laughing? Mm-hmm. Do you think he had a beautiful smile? Mm-hmm. And I've mm-hmm. always thought, you know, that's a really mm-hmm. good way to think about it. Like how we portray Jesus, how we think about Jesus it's probably been wrong all this time. You know, like he probably like for him to attract these people to him, for him to be the funny guy that he is and, and be as sarcastic as his time. He, he had to have a smile. He had to be more personable than what we think. Mm-hmm. He had to be much more than I think what I was brought up to sort of envision Jesus being like. And there's something actually really powerful to me as an adult. Yeah. To think about Jesus as being like a real person. Sure. Right. That could have real appeal <laughs> to me if I met him one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You know, that that he really, because it, it implies that he wasn't just some ghostly, godly figure like making his way through humankind. No, he was actually a real human. Mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. he felt and experienced the same things we f- feel and experience and um like that's a really really i think important thing that we need to kind of connect to as we go through all this stuff is this idea that <clears throat> he sits at the right hand of god for a reason he's called the the king of man for a reason yeah right he's our conduit essentially to God because he's, he's actually been here. He knows what it's like. Right. Right. So So he can explain to God, like, you know, well, you know, you got to understand like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, like this is probably why this is going on or this is why this person feels this way or cause he's actually experienced it. And I, you know, maybe that's, I don't mean to, diminish God's ability but I do think it's interesting that this was done this way and I think it was done this way for a purpose right like he's there to be our representative for a reason right and he came down and experienced being a human for a reason right yeah that's right that's right he was I mean God God was doing something different you know God was doing something different with Jesus than what God did with Moses for example or with anyone else you know and so it was a different, um, it was just a different w- deal. And you don't see the way that, I mean, Jesus was the way that, you know, Jesus was the way that God interacted in the world, as opposed to being like having Moses as a conduit for, right. you know, sort of like pleading to God. It wasn't, it was just different. I, you know, you and I come at this, it's almost like, you and I come from different sides of a prism, you know, come, come toward the same prism, but from different sides. And so where like for you, the unfolding, getting more and more closer to Christ for you is to focus on kind of the, of the, the, the son of man part of Jesus. For me, you know, having grown up the way that I did, it was, you know, um, I kind of like come at it from the side of the prison that wants to call him Rabbi Jesus. And it's like, you know, I, I probably erred on the side of seeing him as more of a regular person as opposed to this. And so the things that sort of like are spectacles to me are those like physical, you know, like, wow, Jesus was different, you know, and here's how Jesus was different. 
And, and that's what I feel like that God is trying to get me to learn through the Bible today is, is more of like that differentiation. Anyway. No, that's a really good point. I like that. That makes sense. This is why though. Okay. This is why I think it's like, you know, nobody fights more, you know, um, the closer we are in terms of, of, uh, denomination or even within the own church, our fights get more fierce, you know, and it's because, um, we feel so keenly, we feel so powerfully what we do feel. And we like, we're really angry at the other person for being so close and not, <laughs> not getting it, you know, right. and no, so, it's really, you know, it's real, it's, it's pretty easy for me to have, you know, a peaceful conversation about nature and God with someone who is not a Christian this is quite easy. Actually. I just don't, I don't feel that threatened. Right. I don't, you know, it's, I can have a very, very pleasant and, and even educated, edu, you know, educational. And I think to some degree testifying conversation with someone who is also not, a, you know, and particularly not someone who's a disciple of Christ, like I am Christian church disciples of Christ. And, um, uh, you know, um, not as a generic, but as a, you know, it's a formal denomination and uh, I can have pretty peaceful conversations with any of them. But if you're talking about, you know, who I will go toe to toe with, I'll go toe to toe with my brother, for example, on this stuff and get really angry. Right. You know? And um, so anyway, you know, <laughs> it's a powerful thing. The other thing about the, you talk about how charismatic he had to be, how powerful he had to be. He also had to be that way to not only attract so much, ardent following but also to attract so much i mean why was this guy such a threat you know oh big yeah deal. you know yeah. big deal if this like basically suburbs you know itinerant preacher you know bivocational carpenter slash preacher and his cousin john big deal if they're out there on the on the plane you know what threat are they you know why would they were a threat they, no, were they, were real, they were a real threat. They were a real, you know, they, that is a temple turning threat. And so he had to not only for that, for that ardent following, but also for the fierce op opposition. Again, if you take it at face value, um, you know, there was something about his even being born. If you take the birth stories from, from Matthew, right. you know, that they, they had their ears up, you know, it mattered. Those guys come from the East because something was different, yeah. you know, they didn't yeah. really come from the East for every baby, you know, every baby's a gift from God, but this was a gift from God. Something right. was different, right. you know? And uh, so, yeah, he was really, he was really wild. The, I, I did want to say on this calling, this little calling paragraph, and it's going to be time for us to wrap up or pretty soon, but on, <laughs> I used to get hung up on, um, I used to really be repelled by these, these 16 through 20 here because I was like, there's no way. It never says that, that, that these guys didn't already know Jesus. It never says that he didn't already have a relationship with them. Right. You know? And to me, I was always like, wow, that's, you know, I could kind of like disassociate from myself because I was like, well, I'd never be a guy who would just like, you know, here comes a stranger and I'm going to drop my whole career and go and follow him. That may not have been the case. They may have known him his whole life. They may have grown up, you know, they may, 
That's true. Know, we don't know. We don't know. That's and in true. fact, if you look at like the calling story of Peter in one of the other gospels, you know, Jesus heals his mother-in-law before Peter confess, you know, kind of surrenders and says, I'm going to be a disciple. And the other thing too, is I, I used to always think badly about the other people that stayed behind the people that stayed on their boat, mending the nets, you know, that James and, and John had the super faith that they left. But it says that, you know, Jesus called them. Jesus called James and John. Jesus well, I think that's a very good point. Like these Jesus didn't necessarily call Zebedee. No, these know? men were specifically chosen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I always thought like, wow, Zebedee must've been so mad at them or, you know, maybe Zebedee was like, totally encouraging them like you've been called by jesus go this guy's the, this guy is the guy we've been reading about all of our lives you know right uh, who knows how that worked you know so I, I i've overread that you know previously and sort of like found ways to sort of of you know um and you know anytime i find myself doing that it's typically because i'm not wanting to do something i feel like i'm supposed to be doing and so like i can sort of and anyway, if you just read what's there, it's there's all kinds of possibilities in that. No, that's that. a good point. I, I I've wondered about that too, like the whole relationship with these guys ahead of time. Yeah. Um and then there's the classical sense, like I was uh dad gave me his interpreters when I was home from Matthew <laughs> and Mark. And I was reading some of that. And, you know, one of the things they talk about is this idea that, um, you know, when Jesus saw these people, he wasn't just seeing them as a person. He was seeing their potential. He was seeing, like, what they mm -hmm. had that they could offer. And mm -hmm. maybe that does come from knowing them for a longer time. Maybe that's this more kind of like you're talking about messiah concept that no he he has abilities that just go beyond yeah. the normal like he can just could be too. he can yeah. look at them and just see like yeah these guys are yeah. you know they're ready He's for the one. call i mean it's he, he might have known them for generations before they were even born you know yeah we don't know so yeah, it's um but i do think i i think one of the things in, in relation to mark i think what's really interesting about this is Jesus has made this call and these men are following him. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, this sort of fits into this whole beginning of Mark, which is saying, you know, the good news is here. Repent and believe. Let's get this thing going. Mm -hmm. And he went to these four men and said, come on, let's go. We're doing this thing. Mm -hmm. And they left everything and went. Yeah, and, they did. and I think it it really does fit, you know, into where Mark has led us up to this point, right? Which is, we're starting a movement. Something yeah. has changed. Something's beginning, right? Mm -hmm. It's been prophesied in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. John has come to prophesy it, and now it's happening. And these guys, they were not hesitant at all. They jumped right on board. Yep. And um, I think that'll, you know, that'll be interesting as the book, as Mark plays out to see mm -hmm. 
you know, how, how that all fits with other people that we run into, how that fits again in the end when we think about our own lives, right? What, what are we going to be like these guys Mm -hmm. and just say, okay, yeah, I'm in, let's go. Um, I don't know. You know, I think, have you, I mean, what is the most, I'll bet I can guess the most, like, I'll bet I, I, I've got a guess at what this would be. What is like, sort of like the most impulsive thing that you have done that you knew was right, but that you wouldn't have been able to explain to any, you know, you didn't even feel any need to explain it to anybody else's satisfaction, but you knew it was right. And it involved like risk and, you know, you knew that everything was going to change from that point. Gosh, I don't know. I know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. It's pursuing, it's pursuing your wife, right? Well, yeah, maybe. I hadn't thought about it, it, it though. It so, you know, and I think. That oh, that's I see what you mean. Like, it's just something you feel like is right. Yeah. There's just like no question, you know? Right. And it's like to the, I mean, you were there. I was at your house watching the Vikings Dolphins game when like Rachel, when my wife, when my wife and, you know, she decides that, okay, this is going to be a different relationship. And it was just like, okay, that's it. I'm on to a new life. You know, it was like, there was right. no question. I, I, and I remember the Dolphins football has never wife. been the same. Thanks a lot. <laughs> that's right. It was, but you know, this is what, um, yeah. What these guys experience, like that's the closest of like that's the closest that I can. Even no, imagine. that's a good point. It's a relationship, essentially. Yeah, that they're, that's the that they're going I into. can imagine. And this was an even greater risk. And by the way, this is going to get these guys all killed in oh, yeah. multiple ways. Yeah. You know, and well, and who knows what it did to their relationships with their families? Absolutely. And who knows what it did to like all that stuff? I mean, we know I, I, that we know yeah. that James and John, we 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 get a sense, you know, that they always stayed kind of close with their family or at least their mother. Um, but yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, like, I mean, it's funny, you know, because why these guys chose to go, um, I think we'll see a little more into as we go through the Bible too. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when, you know, if we fast forward to acts, when James, you know, when Jesus is about to ascend to heaven after he's, you know, James and John are the ones saying, so, okay, is now when we're going to start the kingdom? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, you know, you wonder why. So when they chose to go with them, did they, f- obviously they didn't fully understand what they were oh, getting into. Not. They had no idea what they were getting into. <laughs> right. But they knew this was important. Yeah. They knew this was something they wanted to be a part of. They wanted to be a part of this whole cutting edge thing. Yeah. Um, where they're going to get led to, they have no idea. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I mean, maybe they're all thinking this at the beginning. Like, hey, this is, we're going to go, we're going to take over the world, right? This guy's going to lead Israel to dominate the world, and this is where we're all going. Like, I, I don't know. They might have had I, some sense of that. I you mean, know, that's some impression of that. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I you know. know. I don't know. If, I don't know that it's anything. If you've been told your whole life growing up that this guy's going to come. Yeah. And he's going to be the king. And he's going to bring a new rule to yeah. the world. Like, what do you think? Yeah. 
yeah. you know, I mean, pre-Jesus, what would you think? So that's, really, <coughs> so, that, so that's something I would really love to know more about is, is how much in, um, how much in the synagogues, um, there, there was like in the, you know, in the last years before Jesus, how much preaching there was really going on about the coming Messiah, you know, like, that's if, a good question. You yeah. know, if they were really that, or were they pretty much staying in Ecclesiastes and staying in Proverbs and staying in, you know, those no, that's a good question. You yeah. Know? Like how expectant was he? You right. Know, for those. It was that right. stuff they had just dropped pretty much yeah. out of the. No, I don't right. know. no, that's a good point. I don't know. It's fascinating stuff. Maybe our, uh, uh, it's obvious though that uh, that that through Mark, I think one of the things we get the feeling through Mark is that we're definitely there is definitely people out there who know this stuff yes. because he's trying to appeal to that particular yes. way of thinking, right? right? Right. So there's definitely even if it's not being mainstream taught or pushed, mm -hmm. there's definitely people of the Jewish face at the time who. Who, oh, definitely. Who know all this stuff? You know, they oh. they know it all. Yeah. And so, and Jesus knows that too, because Jesus refers back to this stuff all the time. You know, when he uses phrases like "the Son of Man," it's not an accident. That's right. right? That's I mean, right. he he knows exactly who he's talking to when he says that stuff. So, I mean, two of my favorite people in the whole Bible are the people that are in. Um, it's the old man and the old woman that are in. I think it's in Luke. I don't know. It's either in the Luther, Luke or Matt, Matthew, but it's the guy who says after he's born and he's like, okay, I can die now. You know, I've seen my savior. And there's the woman who like hung around the, the temple or the synagogue or whatever it was. And, and, uh, and she's like, you know, she tells Mary things that Mary stores up in her heart. It says, and things like that. I love those, like those, you know, I love those two old Jews and that they were, you know, they knew he was coming and they just kept the faith and then they got to see him, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. You know? That is so cool. Well, and it could be that these particular men that he recruited, they come from families where this is a big thing. You know, they, they've been waiting. This is something they, they really talk a lot about. This is something yeah. they yeah. It may have been think about a lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. so, Maybe for them to go wasn't, you know, maybe it had Zebedee was saying, go, you guys go. Yeah, exactly. like, this is, you know, like we've always I've hoped for something like this, you know. I've been go. telling you your whole life that this guy was coming here. He right. Was. I mean, yeah. and maybe that's why Jesus saw in them something that he didn't see in other people. Maybe because they, they had sort of been prepared for this. Exactly. It could very know. well be the case. We don't, we don't know those kind of details, but it's fun no, to think about. It's fun to think about. Um, it's, it's, we're not it's getting very to, far, Mark. But. Yeah. And it's fun to think about, um, you know, and then to reflect like on things like, well, okay, if you kind of go down that road. So what has God been preparing us for our whole lives? You know, like what are we supposed to at some point say, aha, okay, this is, you know, it's all been this unfolding calling. Well, know? and what do we, what, what do we need to prepare our kids for? Exactly. That too. That too. So it's fascinating.